back to back is crazy. I did not think we was gonna record again so fast, but we just talking episode thirty. Isaiah Torian, how y'all doing? Cold as fuck. <laughs> like, cold. bro, I, I, dude, I love the cold, man. But you know it's cold. Degree. You know it's cold when I'm like, yo, I got, I got to wear a hoodie in the house, and the house is seventy three degrees. Like, <laughs> nah, man. I, I've always, I. I don't know, man. There's cold, and then there's like what's going on right now, and it's like, man, hold up, like this weather needs to chill. There's definitely levels to it because there's that cold where you're like, ooh, it's kind of chilly out here, but your face stays warm. This is that that shit. It stings your face. It burns. It no. I don't this like is this. the my lips dried in like this. Yeah, seconds. <laughs> this is that cold too, where like. It, it's already cold, but the fact that the fucking wind is blowing so hard while it's cold, mixed with the precipitation, dude, that shit just hugs your bones. Yeah. <laughs> like if you're homeless, I'm I sorry. feel real bad for you. And if and if uh, if there's a human who owns pets and don't and you your pets are outside, you need to go to jail because like yeah, this shit is unacceptable. Bro, the only said, reason a dog need to be outside is to take a piss and come back in. But they they said because uh, I I be eye hustling on Facebook and this all things Edmund, and oh, yeah. uh, <clears throat> there's a rule like there's a law in Oklahoma that states like anything under freezing, if your pet is outside and is not in, uh, it has to have three at least three sides on it like any uh, an enclosure and it also has to have uh, insulation, and if it yeah. doesn't, you like you can go to jail for that. But people said they don't be enforcing that shit at all. <clears throat> but I mean, they they definitely should. It's it's way too cold. Yeah. yeah. This, this is like this is like shit that like honestly, you don't wish that on, <laughs> on right. your worst enemy. Like, bitch, I hope you yeah. freeze out here. <laughs> like, no. yeah. This is this that. this is that shit that when you be watching like naked and afraid and shit and it gets real cold. That's you're like no. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, that shit that they they buried Victor Sweet in. Yeah, yo, this shit is crazy right now. It's five degrees and it feels like negative eleven degrees outside. And that's crazy because it, it's warmed up since earlier. But yeah, yeah. It's like two degrees. That's when I had yeah, to let out, little guy. Yeah, the sun came out. Well, fellas, did y'all did y'all take any part in that that Michigan game on? Uh, I call it a Michigan game, but Michigan Washington national championship game. Zero. <laughs> Zero. Nah. Yeah. I did not. I I thought that Michigan I didn't a, because. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, I th- I thought that you know it was gonna be a who outwits who because with uh with Washington's pass attack and Michigan's good defense and their run game, I thought it was gonna be pretty equal. I thought it was gonna be a little more of a low scoring game, but. It wasn't at all. It wasn't at all. That was crazy. I didn't even realize that they were that bad. Well, well, not that bad. Washington being that bad, but Michigan being that good on defense. But good. thought. I also think Penix missed some some throws that he doesn't he doesn't normally miss. He, I'll, I'll come out and say it. I don't think Michael Penix played well at all, and I think that's why what happened. Uh, they Michigan let them stay in the game way longer than they should have, 
and Penix just kept missing throws. But I hope in my heart of hearts, man, I hope that uh, I hope that pushes him to the second or third round, so my boys can <laughs> we can take him in the second or third Ooh. round. Because what's interesting about him too is he had such a great season this year. Was you know finished second in the Heisman, and last year he had a good season for them as well. Michael Penix is twenty four years old. Like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, well, uh, I've been ta- I've been saying this for weeks on end, especially after uh, earlier this year. T said it perfectly too. With the NIL, bro, the NIL deal, we're about to see a huge change in the landscape of football. There's no incentive for people to come out unless. I mean, honestly, if if you're if you're a quarterback, like a let's say let's say Drake May, for instance. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's say his draft stock for some reason dropped to like 15, 20. Why come out? Just Man. go back. You're going to get paid, improve it, and then you can come back and be the first, second, third pick, and then you're going to make more money. So it's just there's there's no incentive because used to it was I need to rush to the league so I can make some money and take care of my family. Now it's I'm already making money, and I'm if I'm good enough, I'm making enough money to take care of my family and myself. Now I can pick where I, essentially I can if I if I want to come out because I, I think the teams with the top picks will be good in the next few years. I'll come out. If not, fuck that. I'll go back to school to give you some perspective. Well, he had Texas. Too. Texas had two backup quarterbacks make more money than Brock Purdy made this year. Yep. Like, <laughs> I, I honestly think that that is why I think that's why Nick Saban retired. I think it's a mixture I, of that in the portal. Alabama. Alabama no longer has, due to NIL, they no, they no longer have a stranglehold on the best recruits. Nope. And as good as Alabama was able to remain, they couldn't compete with the likes of some of those other teams that are going out and just buying players with their boosters. So, yeah. you know, it's uh, – like, like I've always said, I think NIL is good for those guys who are – probably not going to make it to the NFL to have a nest egg, but yeah, get a little bit of cash in their pockets. It's also making it to where football at, at all levels now is basically going to be like mercenary mercenaries for hire, dude. Um, I think, I think the COVID like COVID allowing people to have another year of eligibility is why you see a lot of guys to stay in for five and six years. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're still dealing with that. <laughs> There's still guys who took advantage of that shit. Um, so, you know, Quinn I don't know, Ewers man. is staying another year. That's what his fifth I think, year. I think the only reason Quinn Ewers stayed is because he wasn't going to be a first round pick. Right. So you stay, become a first round pick next year, and then you go on about your business because he's one of those guys who he's going to make it to the NFL. He's he's too good to not do it. So, you know, but this year there's a lot, there's a lot of quarterbacks that are probably going to go in the first round unless they just, you know, blow their workouts and don't perform well at the combine. But, you know, this year you got what uh, – who are all – Drake May, Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Michael um, Penix, Bo Nix. the first one. Yeah. I don't think I don't think Penix will go in the first round. I think I don't Bo think Nix will go before him. I, think <laughs> I agree. Will probably be the first pick to go. Him and uh, but he will be. I mean, after all those first round quarterbacks go, 
Penix is next up. And I think the only reason Penix won't go in the first round is because his injury history is mm-hmm. crazy. Um, he's, got, uh, he's got knees like Garrison Hurst back in the day. Man. Knees like Frank Gore, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, But, you know, those guys went on to have, you know, long, long careers. So, you know, and I think in, with, with today and modern medicine and rehab, those guys – those guys are healing up quicker and, you know, performing at the same level that they were at too. So, you know, you never know. I think he's going to be good though. I think, you know, with guys like that who have those injury histories too, I think it's good for them to go to a better situation. Like it it may hurt them short term, but they're going to go to the NFL, sit behind a vet, and then the you know, learn the offense team. and develop. Like I said, better situation and better teams. You know what I mean? Like it, instead it's it's to their benefit long term. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Instead of being thrown out there, like I don't think Bryce Young is that bad, but the Panthers are just terrible. Yeah, he's not even the guy that I'm thinking about. Really, <laughs> I'm th- I'm thinking about Hendon Hooker or in, in Detroit. Hendon Hooker in Detroit with his injury history to sit behind Goff and learn that offense. I don't think they're ever going to – I don't think they're going to give up Hendon Hooker. Unfortunately for him, I think he'll be a he'll be a career backup, um, especially with Goff playing so well. I think Detroit's going to hand that man a bag, dude. And he's going he's gonna to be crunch time quarterback. But it's going to be good for him. You know, if something happens to golf, I think he'll be ready to play. So, yeah, I agree. I think I don't I don't think he'll <clears throat> they'll be like that worse off. Honestly, they might be better off. And if he gets the opportunity to show that, somebody'll give him a bag shit. People are talking yeah. about Jake Brown and getting one this year. Yeah, I'm then, like, Whoa. he probably will. <laughs> yeah, he will he probably, probably be one of the highest paid backups in the league next year. Either him or uh well, him Gardner Minshew Tyrod, um, man. Tyrod is old so, now, though. I don't yeah, I don't, I, yeah, but that dude still performs well, man. Yeah, yeah, I think them does. seeing him play well, and then seeing uh, Tommy DeVito play play well lets the Giants know, like, hey, uh, Jaden Daniels is there in the first round. Let's uh, let's go ahead and get him. I think the Daniel Jones experiments over in New York. Yeah, yeah. I think they're just going to cut ties and say fuck it. They'll probably which, cut him, <laughs> which hurts me because. I like Daniel Jones, dude. I do. I think as far as as far as like having the talent, it's there. I just don't think that's that's the team for him and I certainly don't think that that dude is a viable NFL starter, but he's undoubtedly talented. Yeah. Let him nah. go to let him go to a team, a winning team where he can sit behind a stud and develop somewhere. I think I think honestly too I think Trey Lance going to Dallas was the best thing that could happen to him mm-hmm. because he'll sit behind Dak. You know, I, I think, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people thought that Dak was going to sit behind Tony Romo and learn and, you know, it didn't work. It, it didn't work that way, but you know, I I think that's good for him to sit behind a veteran quarterback like Dak and learn the offense. If they're going to commit to him being there, he's talented. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, man. Yeah, I don't, man. Going going back to the Nick Saban, I think I think Nick Saban left for the NIL. Definitely fucked. Like yeah, it, he was it irritated. Over it. Yeah, you could tell by how he talked, but I also think it was transfer portal uh, too. 
just because yeah. as an older as an older minded coach and <clears throat> obviously not wanting to or wanting to to give like discipline to the kids and that's kind of what like Nick Saban's thing was is like he he treated everybody the same similar to like Bill Belichick where he didn't give a fuck who you were he's going to treat you this everybody the same way he would jump in your ass and and make sure you did did the stuff and prepared the way that you were supposed to and with the the transfer portal you really can't do that to kids now unless they're kids that are coachable because you you piss off a kid now and he's going straight to the transfer portal yeah it's because they're soft man they yeah. don't a lot of them don't want to compete a lot yeah. I, I think a reality is a lot of these kids they're not as good as they think they are they they grew up in a system the where they were spoiled and entitled and got their ass kissed and they were told hey hey you're this, that, and the third. And then when they get up there and compete with guys at the highest level, they find out, eh, you know, you're not as good as you think you are. And those, co- and some of those coaches, those old school coaches, will tell them, hey, you're not as good as him, so you're not going to play. It's yep. a, and, and now NCAA, it's always been a business, but it's really a business now. Where these coaches understand, too, like with NIL, you know, if you're not winning – and you're not putting asses in the seats, they'll get rid of the coach. Yeah, they'll they'll get fired real quick. So them coaches really don't give a fuck. Like, (laughs) you know, these these top-ranked recruits come up there and they try to compete against the guy who's already been there, and they find out, like, this dude's already been in the system. You know, he performs better. Well, fuck it, I don't want to compete. I'm just going to transfer. Yeah, that's why, why to me, it's impressive with with what uh, little Arch Manning is doing because I I surely thought he was going to leave. And I watched him in that spring game. He didn't impress me in it, but him yeah. just saying like, "I want to stay in the system. I want to learn from Sark, and I want to learn from him." I was like, "I can tell who his family is. They're yeah. not going to let him like they cop out." Him. And they're old school football guys. Yeah, though. they told him, "Man, you make a decision, you stick by your decision." And the reality yeah. is, too, you know, they lost their other backup quarterback. He transferred because Quinn Ewers, like, I think he knew Quinn Ewers wasn't going to leave. And that dude knows, like he, like that guy has aspirations to go play at the highest level. So he's like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna transfer to a situation where I can come in and compete and hopefully become the starter and, you know, continue to live out my dream." Arch Manning knew that he was the quarterback in waiting. You know what I mean? He's gonna, he's gonna gonna play. Yeah. Yeah, whether it's a year or two, it doesn't matter because he's still gonna have two to three years to play. So his time is coming. You know what I mean? So. You know, it's 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 a it's a wild thing too. like like I said, these, these old or the old school coaches. I enjoy the old school coach approach and stuff. I also like like players coaches like Pete Carroll. I think there has to be like a, a happy medium. But I don't I don't know if we like after the the Saban and, and Belichick being gone, man, I think those two are like what like who who would be considered like the old school style in your face uh style coaching now because i feel like they're they're phasing it out and they're phasing it out because like you can see it where people are saying like that old school shit don't work and blah blah and i'm like i think it works you like for Be- for belichick he just didn't have the talent and is some of that his fault yeah a lot of it's his fault because he he likes to draft fucking quarterbacks in the sixth round from from nowhere and turn them into receivers uh, or take fucking Jalen, or who did they take over? Like they took, uh, oh my God, Nikhil Harry. Yeah. Over like fucking Justin Jefferson and like 
or uh, over a bunch of good so receivers. What I think it's finding players that fit into your system and the way yes. you want to play the game. Yep. You know what I mean? It's I, I think it's I honestly think there's always gonna be a place in football for those type of coaches. I think those coaches are players' coaches. I think there's always gonna be a need, not just a want for a coach like a Mike Tomlin. You believe in the system, you wanna play in the system, you wanna play for that coach. Um, but then there's also players coaches too, like you know, um like the coach for the 49ers. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan is a player's coach, man. You yep. want to go play for him. Like that's Andy Reid is a player's coach. And but he also runs an incredible system. Like guys want to go play for that guy. Um there's always going to be a place for that. I'm I'm not really I can't really speak too much on on uh some of those coaches who I, I'll tell you this, like one, like the type of coach that I'm really not a fan of is the now unemployed former coach of the Chargers, Brandon Staley. <laughs> Brandon Staley was one of those guys to me that I think he was – he I don't, I don't even particularly think he was a good defensive coordinator. I think when he was the defensive coordinator for the Rams under McVay, that guy just had an unbelievably talented defensive roster. Yeah. And he got a job based off of that because when the guy went to the chargers, he didn't take any, any, any people with him from the Rams and they have had the worst defense in football for the last three years. And this was a guy who was the D coordinator for a super bowl winning team that had Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and all of these like Sam Ebukam, like they had a really good team, John Johnson, like, Guys didn't want to play for him. Like he wasn't, he wasn't a good coach. I think there's some guys though, who I don't think he was a player's coach. But I think someone like D'Amico Ryan's as a player's coach. You get those guys to believe in in the way you want to play football, and he's he under understood the game. He played the game at the highest level. And I think players gravitate towards something like that. You know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I think some of those coaches get jobs just because their defense or their team had a good year prior. And they hold on hope and believe. And those guys essentially, like, hijack teams and hold them hostage. Brandon Staley's, the Bill O'Brien's, you know what I mean? Like, they're, they're just, I don't know. Any 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 way. any fucking coach that was under the Belichick coaching tree was not. I think Gerard Mayo is a good hire for them. He played for the Pats. I think he's a player's coach. I think you know um, Antonio Pierce too. Yeah, as the yeah. as the coach for the Raiders, I think that's the move to make, man. Well, you got to you got to do it because he's already looking for. He's already told him like if y'all are still looking for a coach. I'll also look for another job because I want to be a head coach. And he has players that, like Max Crosby, who's probably the Raiders' best player uh, or uh, one of their best players. I, uh, I would venture to say he is. Yeah, I, I'd say either him or Devontae. <laughs> but, uh, like, they, they want to go. They'll say, they said, trade me if you don't keep him. So, I mean, he's a he's a solid coach. People, like, his players want to play for him well, or play for him. to change with that entire yeah. franchise whenever he was named the interim. 
Just I think McDaniel up. McDaniel's one of those guys too, just like Brandon Staley, dude. He came from an elite coaching tree and was a dog shit fucking coach. But well, he, it's he knew better than well, you know, everyone else. He was the he's always the smartest guy in the room because he's the head coach. That's why he really wasn't successful anywhere else. Who, who Josh? Yeah. Well, yeah. I also think I think one of the things that <clears throat> a lot of those coaches that came from the Patriots ran into, they tried to carry. People say they tried to carry the Patriot way. They tried to carry Belichick's message with them, but they're not Bill Belichick. So players aren't going to respond the same way to him as they would Bill because, like, he was a part of it. But these players are like, you were coaching Tom Brady, bro. Like, you're going to yell at me like that? Like, no, shut the fuck up. You don't know anything about football. So I think that was a little bit of it. I I think the Gerard Mayo hire for the Patriots was solid. I'm just worried because I think – I mean, following Bill Belichick, that's – that's, that's a tough. tough thing. Yeah. So that, and, that entire like town, they'll try to get run him out the first chance that they get just because yeah. he might have a bad season. But I think Belichick's first year in New England was a bad year too. I think they went like yeah, like seven and seven and nine or six and six and ten or something. Yeah. Um, I don't but I mean they, I don't want to be that guy either, but let's be real. I think the uh, – yeah, I, I also – yeah, I, and I'm going to go there. I think that uh, black coaches are graded differently. You know what I mean? Like I, I really feel strongly, and I could be wrong, and please jump in and correct me. But, dude, I'm here to tell you right now, Mike Tomlin, like the only reason they can't fire him is because they don't have a justification for doing so because he's never had a losing season. Yeah. Well, that and and Rooney won't. Rooney's Rooney's fine. Like that's the the like a lot of fans, Steeler fans in particular, uh, me knowing it, and uh, a lot of like inner media people or people who have something to do with the Steelers, like radio hosts and stuff. They've called for Tomlin's job almost every year since 2012. Every every time he has a a, a couple games skid, they call for his head. And it's like, I, I understand some of the talking points like, oh, he hasn't won a playoff game since uh, 2015 or 2016. So we should move on from him so we can like get there, blah, blah, blah. But I, I don't think that it, it's not his fault. Like we were My, going exactly. games with, with with injuries. We were going like, for instance, we play the Bills. We don't have our best player. Like that's not fucking Mike Tomlin's fault. Like if, are, if, yeah. if you even gives up 40 because we don't have TJ Watt and our record is one in 10 without TJ Watt, that's not on Mike Tomlin. That just means the rest of the fucking team sucks or the rest of the defense sucks and he can't make up for it. But, what I'm yeah. trying to figure out with that team too is even with all of the things, all the things that those pundits have against him, he still wins fucking games. Yeah. With, with no, bar- like at times very with little very talent. little talent. Yeah. Very little yeah. talent and injuries and yeah. egos and all of that shit, and they still win fucking games. That's why I just sit there and think to myself, like, dude, if they ever did fire him, Mike Tomlin would have a head coaching job tomorrow. Yeah. It he the 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 crazy thing is is the Steelers media will give up on Mike Tomlin faster than they would saying that Kenny Pickett is trash. People yeah. are still hold, people are still holding hope that he's he's going he's going to be good. They watched Mason come in and look a thousand times better, 
and will make every excuse and stuff. Like, like I mentioned earlier, though, the only reason that that I would have like it like going forward if they were to like not re or extend him or whatever and whatnot, the only reason I would somewhat be okay with it is because we haven't won a playoff game in forever. And if he was coaching the Cowboys with that same stretch, Maybe. regardless of what, yeah, they would fire the fuck out of him. What kills me is where's the disconnect in between. I feel like that's the only thing that hurts Pittsburgh is a lack of like consistent offensive production. Mm-hmm. How can they not get a high level OC there? That's, like, how that's... has that not been a thing? Well, so that's another knock on Tomlin is because he's the one who hires the he's the one who hires the the coordinators, and he's so loyal that he he brings in his guys. So like the Canada and the Randy Finkner hires and stuff, those were people that he coached with when he was coaching special teams in like college and shit. So he brings them on as like coordinators, and then he just promotes within the yeah. under Tomlin. The only external coach, like assistant coaching hire that the Steelers has made was Todd Haley. And it was considered external because he wasn't on the Steelers roster, but he got hired after we fired Bruce Arians, which doesn't make any fucking sense to me. But like, that's pretty wild. Yeah, it's wild (laughs) as fuck. But again, he like those two butted heads. BA does have a, a really. He's he's really headstrong and he's like he's got his opinion he's gonna stick to it him and Tomlin clash so I kind of understand it but at the same time it's like like yeah. so this this is the year that um obviously we'll see what the Steelers do when they play tomorrow even though I just read that it could get it like pushed from Monday to Tuesday because the weather is only getting worse in Buffalo which is stupid because there was talk that they were gonna move it to Atlanta and yeah, play indoors and yeah and the the governor of New York was like no. Let's just give it a day, push it till tomorrow, and it's now it's worse. So, but it's it's frustrating as a fan. But I I going into that game, I don't think we should win. I think uh, we'll we'll end up losing. I know we do get Minka back, uh, we get KZ back, um, but I just it, it's it'll come down to Mason for me. One, depending on the the weather, and then it'll come down to if our offensive line can block. If we can block uh, Buffalo's front, I feel like we could. If we can stop, we we have to be able to block up front. We have to be able to stop the run. If we can do those two things, I feel real comfortable with it. Only reason is because Buffalo's won a lot of close games this year, but so has Pittsburgh. And yeah. it's Sean McDermott versus Mike Tomlin. I may, I may be biased, but I'm gonna go with Mike Tomlin every time. So you know what I mean? There's not not only I, that. There's always McDermott. the McDermott factor. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, McDermott which, was also the same guy who benched Tyrod Taylor for Nathan Peterman. So exactly, and and which I mean, it it like Isaiah, I heard you say it, it depends which Josh Allen are we getting? Are we getting the the four touchdown, three hundred yards pass and no interception, Josh? Or are we going to get the two interceptions, two fumbles, get bailed out by two of throwing picks and a punt return for a touchdown, Josh Allen? Because yeah. if 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 Josh Allen doesn't like torch us we're not going to fuck up enough for them to like, we will, we will have a very Kenny Pickett game and just tell them like, we're not going to f- give y'all a mistake to let y'all beat us. And like, we will sit here and run the ball and just play field position battle and yeah. make you make a mistake. And then we'll capitalize on it. That's Which, I mean, it, it, it's, it fucking sucks as a, as a Steelers fan. Like it sucks. Cause that's how our game plan has been. That's like, 
yeah, I, I think our, yeah, I think our offense is not really good. It hasn't been, but that's one of the components to it is is Tomlin's like, all right, our offense is cheeked. We're not going to be aggressive. We're not going to do any of this shit. We're just going to play defense and field position, and people hate that shit, even though it wins. But when he does have a or a competent quarterback, like it's crazy that it's Mason right now, but even Ben, when Ben was in his prime, Tomlin, go for it. If it's fourth and three, we're going for it. Oh, we score a touchdown, we're going for two. Like Tomlin was aggressive as fuck. So it's it's literally personnel based. That's why I want us to draft Michael Penix. But Isaiah, man, what happened to your squad yesterday, bro? Y'all got the shit kicked out of y'all. Well, it was uh, <laughs> negative, however many degrees. Um, there's only one player that played well for us in that entire game, and he was the only one that has played in that kind of weather before in Tyreek. Not only that, man, but it's going to be hard to – because we – oftentimes, too, they – like, I don't know what McDaniel was doing. I, don't, I understand that, like, hey, the pass rush is getting there. Their defense is the best it's been since Mahomes has been there. They're a little more aggressive. Like, they got spags on the other side. Like, he, he calls a good game. But at the same time, like, they would run the ball, have success, abandon the run, throw the ball, have success, abandon the pass. Um, and defensively, um, I think we can all agree after watching that game for as much as we did, I think Rasheen Rice is going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah. I think, well, not only, I feel, not only that, bro, but it was like, Duke Riley is not the same as a Landon Roberts. I think that's who our starter was. I think that's who our starter is. No, it's Jerome Baker. So Jerome Baker is a starter. Jerome Baker goes out for the rest of the season. Duke Riley comes in. Duke Riley literally sagged back in his own. Didn't feel the quarterback's eyes. Didn't read Mahomes at all. Travis Kelsey took two steps to the left, wide open, gets a twenty yard game. <laughs> Not only that, but like I th- who I th- who was it? Sneed, Legarius Sneed was being. There was a couple penalties that were missed, but that's not going to change the outcome of the game. Would it help? Yeah. But, I mean, Legereus Sneed basically, like, tackled Tyreek off the ball instantly. Hey. Threw off to his rhythm. Like, and it's not a penalty within five yards, but that shit was just egregious. Like, it was hands to the yeah. face with it. But regardless, hey, either they quick, run. Oh, no, real quick, real quick. I want to give you kudos because what you said last week about Tua – was so spot on because that's what he he did all last night. Yeah. And I seen you getting frustrated because he would drop back, he would look at his first read, it wouldn't be there, and he would panic and then check it down. Shambles. Games Boys games shambles. on the yeah, games on the line, you need points on this drive and it's fucking third and sixteen and you check it down. Yeah. Like no bro like you, that but you their go check it. down routes are terrible. <laughs> yeah, they're terrible. Like Tua doesn't have the strongest arm. I think we all know that. So Stronger when they take it, yeah. Well, <laughs> sorry about that. But whenever he, that whenever they take away the middle from him, he just tries to throw a go ball on the outside. You take away the go ball on the outside. Yeah, Tyreek's manned up. Yeah, Jalen Waddle's manned up. But you have four new starters on your own line. You have to be able to run the ball in between the tackles because outside of Chris Jones, Nick Bolton, and Legarius Sneed, 
that team gambles a lot. They don't form tackle great. Like same as us though. They don't. We don't form tackle great. They don't wrap. Our interior linemen are great, but they have Chris. They have three players. We had eight at the beginning of the season, and then we ended up with two: Zach Sealer, Jalen Ramsey, and Christian Wilkins is all we had left. Yeah, and that's two of his biggest problem, dude. They they don't. They don't run choice routes in that offense. It's Tyreek run a go ball. Or Waddle run a go ball. <laughs> yeah. Sit down in the middle of the field because that should, in theory, be wide open. He should be able to drop it off right over the top of somebody. Whenever yeah. you have a whenever you have a really high ceiling rookie and a vet that just led the league in rushing touchdowns and ran for a thousand, you're like, it's cold. We're gonna air the ball out. We're going to make Tua throw the ball a lot. He was 9 of like 16 for 100 yards of touchdown and a pick. His last 10 games, he threw a pick in every game. That one he missed to to uh, Waddle that he airmailed, that was yeah. that was bad. I, yeah, bro. I, and I don't want to be this guy, right? And Zach, if you're listening, this is no, no shot at you, bro. But I fucking hate Patrick Mahomes. I'm I, and I'm not saying that I hate that he's good. I when I say I hate him, it's not of his skill. It's not because he's successful or whatever. I am fine with all of that shit. I am fine with his brother doing TikToks. I'm fine with his wife getting camera time. I'm fine with all that shit. I wish they would show his dad more honestly, but like I just hate how he like we watched and T you you're right beside me. We watched Joe Flacco get hit going down sliding and the refs are like you know what fuck it it's it's flacco we don't care and then christian wilkins hits him and in slow motion it looks egregious but in real time he throws the ball takes a step and gets pushed and every single time you see that even though there was a blatant holding right there at the same spot pat mahomes is going to get that call 10 for 10. that's why i hate patrick mahomes because everyone will say LeBron is a flopper. LeBron cries. LeBron Patrick Mahomes is the exact same way in football. He is going to cry and bicker and do all that shit like he did earlier in the year. Whenever he went oh, offensive off sides, that's worst call to Josh Allen. And Josh Allen's just kind of like, okay, good good game to you too, brother. Like, yeah. and it was blatantly it was blatantly an offside. Like that's yeah. I I I just don't like that shit. That, really that to me lets him know that like he he has certain entitlement, entitlement being the yep. base of the of the NFL is because yep. they told like he lined up offsides multiple times. Yep, and they told and him they and they him, told him, hey, you're offsides, bud. Well, I mean, after three or four times of you doing that, they're gonna not say anything to you anymore because it's your job to be like, hey, am, am I, I good? good? Yep, and he didn't. He just ran up to the line because he was in the slot. He didn't look and was fucking a full yard offsides. And yeah, to me, that Are lets me know that my... he knows that he gets he gets games called a certain way. Yes. Yeah. So, like, you can't complain about it, dude. Yeah. Do it's, better. It's Talk just... to your receiver. Tell him, yeah. tell him one line up onside, and then also tell him to catch the fucking ball. Like, <laughs> like. Making millions of dollars, dude. Like, don't try to fucking blame other people because your receiver's an idiot. Like, yeah, I, I have some accountability, bad. right? I, and I feel bad because, like I said, I still think Pat Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. I think this is the worst year he's had. 
And I do believe that a lot of it has to do with his receiving core. However, I also watched the guy that everyone in the sports media wants to compare him to being Tom Brady succeed with less. Tom Brady was blessed with Gronk, but people forget that Tom Brady's his first three Super Bowls and then everything after that until he was able to get Moss and then he lost Moss and Welker and then got Gronk. Before that, it was fucking Troy Brown, David Patton. And these these guys are yeah, these guys are solid receivers, but they're not fucking world beaters by any like nobody would know who these guys are if they didn't win fucking three Super Bowls with Tom Brady. So yeah. it's like, like, hey, bro, if that's what y'all want, that's what it, that's what's got to happen. And Tom Brady like, was in the NFL for ten years before he even had a Pro Bowl receiver. Like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and he didn't come. He didn't come in the league with Travis Kelsey. Like he didn't have that safety. That's what I'm saying. He just had, motherfucker had fucking Troy Brown and David Patton and uh, uh something Gibbons. Watson. I don't remember. Yeah, not, yeah, David, yeah, David. Yeah, he had he had those guys. Those are not world beaters by any means, and it reminds me a lot of the the uh, Chiefs receivers. They just those guys were made plays, and Kadarius Tony is trash. But again, Brady as a young player was not he wasn't bitching and complaining to the red. Like we've seen Brady get knocked the fuck out of a game. I would it it's, it sounds horrible, but and I, I was saying this last night, T, after you left, I would I would love to allow like one of these defenders to to blast Mahomes because of the way that he's able to talk to them. The way he was talking to Max Crosby uh, on that oh, cue, yeah. hey, motherfucker, you fuck with the wrong motherfucker. And it's like, bro, like, you know he'll he'll choke the fuck out of you. You're yeah. only talking to this grown-ass man like that because you know the refs or your players are not going to let this guy – Yeah. Could you and imagine if he, he would have done that to like a Miles Garrett or something like that? Like, I tried. would have loved. I would have Mason loved to Rudolph see him tried. do that to fucking, uh, to uh, oh my god, I can't believe I forgot homeboy's name almost. James Harrison. Oh, James Harrison would have picked Mahomes up and dumped him on his neck like he did Vince Young. This, that's that's fun. it's it's yeah it's frustrating. You, it, it's it. funny to me that he'll do that to a Max Crosby, but won't talk that way to Kadarius Tony when he drops four balls right. in a fucking game. Right. That's how you know he's like, I'm sorry, dude. I Zach might hear this, might not. I was shit, dude. <laughs> Pat Mahomes soft. It's fun. He's soft, dude. Because you imagine, like, I imagine, like, Max Crosby, when he was talking about that shit, he was just looking at him like, what? Like, <laughs> the fuck well, are you talking about, dude? Chill out. That, Max Crosby does that to get in their head anyway. He doesn't even mean half of what he's saying. He and it clearly doing. did because Patrick Mahomes was fired <laughs> up, dude. Yeah, he was staring him down on the fucking sideline and talking shit, and I'm that. That's how talk, talk some shit like that to a Vontaze perfect type of player. <laughs> Dudes will come clean your ass up after the play was over. Yeah, and I get it. They have to protect him because he's the face of the league. It's just he gets he gets egregious calls that I'm like like he gets a lot of grace, man. Yeah, Especially he's a he's a, he's a prima donna, a very talented one. Yeah, that's why I try to compare him to Braun because like again, Braun is all like. Ultra talented, right? But he does get he does get things that go his way, and people they do do things to protect him as the face of the league, and it's it's always been like that. I don't want to get get too far into it, but what I will say is 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 that it's crazy that LeBron has always been able to get trades for whatever he needs, whenever his the team that he starts the season with isn't going the way he wants, but they wouldn't let Kobe get Chris Paul. But hey. 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 Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But 
anyways, fellas, we we also uh, unsports related. We did see or listen to if y'all did get a chance to listen to. We listened to Cat uh, Williams talk on Club Shay Shay with Shannon Sharp, and he called a lot of people out, and it led to a conversation that's been had for a while. And I know who y'all are gonna say. We're just having this conversation so motherfuckers can kind of understand it. But who you rolling with, Cat Williams or Kevin Hart? Uh, man, it's got to be Cat Williams. Kevin Hart has never been funny to me. I think he's improvisationally he's funny. He can be. Movies, not that funny. Stand-ups, not that good. He has the same kind of shtick. You know, his cadence is the same. It's not good. I, I You got to... I don't know. Cat Williams said he was a plant. I don't know. I don't know how true that is, but man, it's it's bad. <laughs> you want so, and this is no knock on the guy because the guy is is funny, but the K. I feel like I feel like Kevin Hart took Tommy Davidson's style, and that's essentially what he does because a lot of his jokes and stuff are just kind of like him, like screaming and just. I, he he has a lot of energy. He brings that and stuff, but he's just not as funny to me as Cat. And I'm sure there's people that that find Kevin Hart to be the funniest ever and whatnot, right? Uh, which is weird, but whatever. But to me, the the way that I do, because I know people say Kevin Hart uh, sold out like arenas and he's very successful, and I get all of that. But I've never, me personally, right? I've never been excited about a Kevin Hart show or stand up or special the same way that i was everything after the pimp chronicles when i watched the pimp chronicles the first one everything after that whenever i heard that cat williams had a special or something that was going to air on hbo or comedy central or something i was watching as soon as it aired because i was so like people forget he went all the way from this shit right here nigga this shit right here all the way to we gotta go out there and get him boy yeah. We gotta go out there and get him, boy. So it's just <sighs> Cat Williams is is fucking. I, I would choose Cat Williams in every every area, movie performances. I'm taking Cat Williams. Stand up, I'm definitely taking Cat Williams. And Wild and Out episodes, I'm taking Cat Williams episodes. I agree with you. Yeah. Have you got? Have you guys? Okay, so. <laughs> I will take Cat Williams 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and twice as much on a Sunday over Kevin Hart. I think Kevin Hart, if he is a stand-up comedian, he is one of the most unfunny stand-up comedians I've ever seen. Dude, you could pay me to go to a, uh, to a Kevin Hart show. I promise you I won't laugh. Comedy is subjective, but at the end of the day, if it's funny, I will laugh. He is not funny to me. I think he's great in like comedic roles in film, and even then, I'm I'm still not a fan. I think he gets outdone in every he gets outfunnied in every movie he's in. To be honest with you, I think Dwayne Johnson is funnier in any movie him and Kevin Hart are a part of. I think Will Ferrell was funnier than Kevin Hart. I think Snoop Dogg in fucking Soul Plane was funnier. Like Method he's Man just was not. In Soul Plane. <laughs> yes, the, like <laughs> he's just. In Soul Plane. He's just not funny, dude. Like 
I like it's almost he to me he's like he's like Matt Rife. I I think he's popular. I think a, a lot of people like him, but I'll be honest with you, if you find Kevin Hart to be funny, I question what you find to be funny. Like it's not it's just he he's it's just not it. Like he tries to use like almost like self-deprecating humor to make himself funny or like make fun of his family and it's like this is awful. Like I, I, I think I, th- I, I don't want to call him a plant because I don't know, but like, it just seems like he gets a lot more push. Is is more in your face yeah. than He's than Cat Williams one. was, yeah. but Cat mm-hmm. Williams is objectively funnier. I feel like as much as they try to put Kevin Hart out there to the world. It's almost like in this weird way they've propped him up to be like the LeBron James of comedy, but Dave Chappelle's still alive, so he's not funnier. And I think Cat Williams would be like Kobe. Like yeah, they're indeed. just better. They're just better. Like it's not. It's not to say that he's not good. I mean, clearly he's one of the, he's commercially the most successful comedian to ever live, right? But that doesn't make him funny. I'm sorry. Right. Like it's it's just not. I I can name five comedians, black comedians, off the top of my head that are funnier than he is. He's Dave Chappelle, Chris yep. Tucker, Cat Williams, yep. Chris Rock. Yep. You know, like those guys are Paul Mooney. Those guys are yep. all funnier than he is. I, Eddie, I go Eddie not Murphy. to mention Eddie Murphy too. Yeah, <laughs> I go Eddie Bernie, Murphy Bernie and Mac. Eddie Griffin. Yeah, I go Eddie Murphy, Eddie Griffin, Bernie Mac. Um, <laughs> DL Hughley is funnier yeah. than he is. Like yeah. it's that. He's just – it's just not for me, dog. You know what I mean? Like, it's – you know, I, I it's, honestly, this – once again, I hate to make it about race, but I think Kevin Hart is funny to white people that have questionable senses of humor. But Yeah, he's the Drake. He's the – he's what he, – like, he's, he's the Drake of comedy. Popular. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's in our faces and stuff, and, and I get it. He does have – like I said, he he has a couple of, like, little skits that that I can, like, sit through. And it, like I'll I'll chuckle a little, but as far as like actually laughing and whatnot, like he I can't do that. And I I would say like I I will watch Netflix some days, some nights, like when the baby's asleep, the other the older kids are asleep. Me and the wife are just sitting there talking, and then you know she rolls over. I'm like shit, I'm not gonna go to sleep for a little bit. I'll turn on Netflix or something and watch a stand up, and I'm not going to Kevin Hart shit. Like I will watch on bro on Netflix alone. I will watch any of the Chappelles. I'll watch Chris Chris Rock shit. I'll watch Bill Burr shit. I'll watch Tom Seguro shit. I'll watch D. Ray Davis's shit. I will watch fucking uh, Shane Gillis's Beautiful Dogs. I like I will watch Joe Rogan stand. I will watch everybody else Bro, on fucking Netflix Kevin besides Al- Kevin Hart. Ali Wong it's is funny. funnier than Kevin yeah. Hart. Yeah, by a long shot. Like. I'm talking about from grandma's house. She's funnier than he is. <laughs> like, he's just not, he, he's just not dude. Like, and I hate that he has kind of been put on a pedestal, but it, it almost makes sense. Like what cat William, like, here's a deal like that as entertaining as that was, let's be real. He said some things that were pretty far fetched, like him running like a four, <laughs> one, six, 40, 
that's a reach, dude. Like, <laughs> like no that's one. That's not even a reach, that. bro. You better see. Yeah, that's not a reach. We like, knew that, yeah, and no, then they tried. No to, one, yeah, yeah. They, they that, put that video of him running in the gym. But everything <laughs> he said about about like Cedric the Entertainer stealing a joke, Steve Harvey stealing shit from Mark Curry, dude. I went and did a deep dive, and like watched some interviews from Mark Curry, like when those jokes were formulated, like when they were originally told by the people that Cat Williams alleged to have told those jokes first, mm-hmm. he wasn't lying about those things. Yeah. <laughs> like that shit actually happened. And you know, those guys want to sit there. Like if, if there was no truth, right. To what he was saying, they, if you just not, didn't comment on it, then people probably might have believed you, but those guys sat there and like defended themselves and tried to argue it. He <laughs> was kind of telling. It's like, okay, these guys are like responding aggressively. That really kind of makes me believe, like what Cat Williams said. Yeah, he, the like only he, the uh, only dude, thing he's, he's the only thing negative that he did say that wasn't true. Uh, but again, it's 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 here they here say they say. He was talking about Cedric and said Cedric uh, has never had a stand-up on Tubi or Netflix, but he did have yeah. one on Netflix. It wasn't yeah. that good, but he definitely had one. But I get what Kat was saying. Like, these dudes are supposed to be the kings of comedy. And DL, and DL doesn't do much anymore, but DL does way more. St- really, he does, like, Cedric's done maybe one or two yeah. stand-up, like, like, tours or whatever since Bet the Kings of Comedy. And I don't think right. Steve Harvey's done anything. No. Steve Harvey's Harvey. a motherfucker that ain't funny either. Like, and that's right. what he said. And he, he didn't really say anything negative about DL Hughley, but yeah. you know what I mean. Like, no, nah, he said DL was funny. He said he liked like DL. Well, I think with all of them as well, man, is you got you have to look at the people that are the most successful or almost the least funny. Like Chappelle is the only one that came back and recaptured his success. I think with like. All the, all the people now, they would rather stay comedians and not get into TV and film as much as it was desired back in the day. Back in the day, that was like a huge thing. Like you make your name in comedy, you try to get a bid for a TV show, you try to get in movies. Now it's like the opposite. Now I think more so comedians are wanting to stay on the road because their namesake grows so much, especially with social media now. Well, like that. Like what Kevin Hart did was good for him and made him successful, but I think real comics don't want that anymore. Well, I think Chappelle also. I don't like Chappelle was so funny that like anything that he was in that was a commercial success, like you can just attribute that to his talent. Like he wasn't, they didn't essentially force Chappelle onto the people, which was something that I found to be interesting because I like. You know, like, if you go back and, like, look at, like, Def Comedy Jam or Comedy View, Kevin Hart was on there. And even then, that motherfucker wasn't funny, like, to <laughs> me. But, like, you know, those guys, I think they wanted I think they wanted to be commercially successful, but they just weren't getting the push. A lot of those guys weren't. Um, I, I don't know about, like, Illuminati shit or anything like that. Like, I'm not going to go that far into the yeah. weeds, but I think that some of those guys – they just, they just had you know better, better I situations. Think, a lot of those guys too, like we're not going to be strong armed by, by studios. I feel like Dave Chappelle, 
You know, like they sit there, like they made it out to be like he like tripped out and was like crazy. But the reality was, was they offered him fifty million dollars with that Comedy Central deal, and and conveniently left out the fact that he had made Comedy Central half a billion dollars. So you wanted to give him less than ten percent of what he's made the company. And the company certainly wouldn't have been successful without his show, and he didn't take that deal. And he That's why he leave. left, because he was worth more. And then you fast forward to where we are at currently. You know Dave Chappelle made $60 million for three Netflix specials, which was more than Comedy Central paid him for the two seasons of Chappelle's show, which is arguably the most successful show on that network ever. Ever. Yeah, I'll Minus, say it's the like second South Park. South Park. Yeah. yeah, South Park's well, yeah. probably the most successful. But that's that like that. The Chappelle Show is one of those shows that it could go down as one of the best sketch. It it can go down as the best sketch comedy show of all time. And then like barring the longevity of it, I mean, obviously you have shows like Saturday Night Live, and then you have shows like fucking uh like In Living Color and stuff. But I'll, even though it was two technically three seasons, like I throw Chappelle Show up there with any of that shit. Uh, just because, oh, yeah. and and like you said, T, a lot of them comedians did not get like they they didn't get pushed like Kevin Hart did, like where his 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 stand up career didn't take off, but he's in a movie. A Fam, he came out of nowhere. Yeah, I started thinking back to like when Soul Plane was released in like what two thousand four. Yeah, like I said, he had been on he had been on Comic View and Def Comedy Jam, but then it was like boom. He was, you know, well, he, he was in that. He was to... in like Scary Movie Three, and like, yeah, <laughs> he his career kind of lesser... took off. Well, yeah. he had lesser roles after Soul Plane, and then he had to do Wild It Out. Like, his big push happened in the 2010s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but and, and his his hasn't stopped. Correct. But there was his, no there big... was no Chappelle though. Chappelle was gone. Well, Chappelle well, even... was gone. Cat Williams was in legal trouble. Like, yeah. which he also touched on in that in that interview that he gave where, like, you know, it wasn't drug related. That motherfucker would drink and go to the clubs and get in fights and shit. Like, that's yeah. that's what he would do. Smack yeah. somebody at Target for talking crazy to him. It was never it was never drug charges. Yeah. Like he, like, also... like he said in that interview with Wendy Smith, 19, 19 arrests, no convictions. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. He's he, he Kevin was pushed. Even without Chappelle, even without like a lot of other people, he was he didn't do a lot to be then just start dropping comedy specials that started getting put everywhere and whatnot. I think he just again, I don't want to say he was a plant, but he other comedians like a Cat Williams, Cat Williams, Cat Williams got his break because of Ice Cube. And so like so many people like Chris Tucker and like these guys got breaks from other like actors and stuff put on to help i think yeah for sure kevin hart was willing to play a lot more ball and that's why he's one of the last comedians to ever have a an actual comedy special hit theaters yeah was the last time we had that i mean that's what i'm saying he's i think cat williams success is far more organic than yes well some of these other comedians well Well, Chappelle was also talented to a point where he was in movies you know what i mean but they almost had like this cult-like following they weren't like these big major productions like he was in a lot of smaller smaller roles 
but that's yep. what he liked to do as well. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I think Kevin Hart was more willing to play ball, and if you backed by a big studio, you get that push. Well, also, too, those guys like Chappelle and Cat Williams also have certain beliefs, and they say certain things which would affect the studio's bottom dollar. Yep. You know what I mean? So, like, it's uh, it's a little bit different. I think Cat Williams, I think what hurt him was the – were the arrests that he had, unfortunately for him, like I think studios see that as a liability. Kevin Hart hasn't had any of that. You know what I mean? So Chappelle hasn't had the arrests either, but some of the things that he has said in comedy, which as I stated previously, comedy is, is subjective. Like you should be able to tell a very obscure joke without having to worry about pissing off. I think that's why a lot of people, are afraid to be in stand-up comedy because in stand-up comedy, you're supposed to say whatever the fuck you want without fear of prosecution or, yeah. you know, being canceled. But the reality is we live in such a hypersensitive world that you can't really do that anymore. Yeah. Or you do it to your own detriment, which studios, when at the end of the day, it's about dollars and cents in the bottom line. You have a guy make a joke like Chappelle about transgender people. They see that as affecting their bottom line. And at the end of the day, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. They're not willing to, they're not going to take that chance on something of theirs being a financial disaster because of someone who's behind it. It's not even about comedians. It's about actors in general. You know what I mean? So. It's similar to the, what we're just talking about with Mahomes too. He's the face of comedy. So he's going to get, cause you'll, he'll be the face until he's not the face, which means until he fucks up or something comes out. And Until since somebody a, better looking comes about. Yeah, since he's a pretty, he's a pretty like like in, and, and I don't want to take anything away from Kevin because he does work really hard. Like I, I give him that he works really hard. I just don't. He's not my cup of tea. That's that's pretty much what I'll I'll say about it. I, Cat is more my my cup of tea. Obviously, I, I fuck with Dave Tough. Uh, I fuck with a lot of other comedians. Tough, honestly, and comedy to me, I've always watched just to laugh. I know a lot of the stuff that these guys, these people are saying, they're not like, you You have to understand that comedians are, a, they're playing more of a character where they are just bringing humor to a room or an audience. It doesn't mean that they mean every single thing that they say. They're saying it to to bring humor to people so people can laugh because there's a lot of fucking, there's a lot of bad shit that goes on in the world. So. It's the art form is to bring happiness and joy. And when you hear a lot of the 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 drawback and stuff, that's where it gets real like wishy-washy. And you don't have to worry about Kevin Hart saying some of that shit that no, uh, Chappelle won't. will say. Right. And the reason Kevin he Hart won't is because apologize. He, right. Right. Like he said that shit about in, in the Grammys and he stood on it. And then after that, they were like, hey, bro, you can't say none of that shit no more. And since then, he hasn't. So it's, you know what I mean? Like he's not going to, to battle or stand on what he believes. He's going to play ball. Like you said, Isaiah, just, and, and it's going to continue to lead him to success. I ain't mad at the, the game. I know he's playing it right. Can't even be mad this at him. I just, is, yeah. yeah, I just think he, he's just not fucking funny. And yeah. it's not, it's he's not like because he does Emmett Smith of comedy. We all know he's not the greatest. Right, but he's up there because of his accomplishments. And yeah, and we can name five to ten quickly that are better than him. And yeah, yeah that's spot but on. Then, 
Yep. I mean, that's the easiest way I can put it. Like, if we're, if we're bringing in sports references, that's like long-standing, successful. Yeah, he's same all time in Russia. It's the same right. as LeBron James is the Emmett Smith of basketball. Low key. He's not wrong. Hot take. It's hot not take. Even, it's, hot I mean, take. to me, it's not even a hot take. I, I will die on the hill that the league is the reason that LeBron has been as successful and as long, like long going as possible. I think they, after that Kobe situation in Denver, obviously I'm in a conspiracy theory now, but that after that Kobe situation in Denver, they were like, we're not, he can't be the fucking face of the league. We're going to give it to LeBron and they, the league did whatever they could as far as the Chris Paul trade, to make sure that Kobe had to play 40 minutes a night for the Lakers to stay successful. They allowed the fucking big three Celtics to get together. They allowed LeBron to get what he wanted. They allowed all this shit to phase Kobe the fuck out. So that's why when people say that LeBron is better than Kobe, like your Nick Wrights of the world and all that shit, I, I, I can't listen to it because they're just saying because he's, he has more points. Oh, because his, his field goal percentage is better. And it's like, yeah, because nobody is double teaming LeBron. Never have I ever just been like in a game seven. Would I feel comfortable with LeBron with the ball in his hand? I don't I'm here to think tell that you LeBron right now, do it by dude, no one, no one did more in their last two championships with less than Kobe Bryant did. Right, right. That's you that's can't the, take that from him. Yeah, point blank, fucking period. Like yeah. Mbanga, you had Mbanga. They want to sit there. Like, yeah, dude, it's it's like to me, like even I think even LeBron has had to lie to himself and crown himself the king. Yes. To make him feel better about the fact that real basketball fans and even the players don't look at him as As the the guy. They don't even look at him as the second best guy. Yeah. Like (laughs) Yeah, and they've all said it. That's why uh, Rashad McCants from Gilbert Arenas's uh, Gilbert Arenas's podcast had words with Stephen A. Smith because he said, "I'm tired of y'all motherfuckers putting Kobe down to build LeBron up because that's what y'all do. Y'all cannot just let this man rest. Y'all always have to try to use him as a springboard of why LeBron is the greatest." And he was like, "We're not going to stand on it." And then you have players that competed with both, and they will say, "Kobe's better." Or Jordan's better, and you have these sports analysts like your Nick Wright, who have never picked up a basketball a day in his life, but he's a fanboy and glazes LeBron, and that's what he's gonna do. Is I'm going to you? It's I'm I'm gonna take it even here and give a super hot take. It's the exact it like like people like Nick Wright is the exact reason that we will see someone like Miles Garrett, who is old, uber talented and whatnot. That's going to win the defensive player of the year this year because everything now is based off of analytical stats. And those analytical stats are looking at stats with like with a microscope. So it's like like you know, you're, Josh you're Allen, did Josh yeah. Allen have like led the league in sacks with like 16 and a half or something like that. Yeah. No, 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 no. TJ, Khalil TJ Mack had 17 sacks. He had 19. And- God. Yeah, and didn't I think make went, fucking didn't even yeah. make the fucking Pro Bowl Pro, or all, all, didn't or get all Pro, Pro either. Yes, neither like, did okay. uh, Daniil Hunter. Like the the I think it was what TJ Daniil Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack had the highest PFF uh, win rate, and then TJ had the highest uh, like like uh, snaps to sack. 
So like every, I think 24 or something snaps, TJ got a, a sack. Miles yeah. Garrett is like 64. Khalil Max, I think, was in the 30s. Daniil Hunters was in like the 30s as well. But because of the, those sports, like like it's like win rate off the ball, regardless if it's a run or a pass play. Um, amount of times that you've spent unblocked, meaning they left you unblocked or anything like that. He's at the top. But if you just watch the fucking game, you can see, like T said, you could give Khalil Mack, you could give Daniil Hunter, you could give uh, TJ Watt, you could give Deron Bland, you could give a lot of these guys. Dude. But, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Derek, like, like, oh. Derek Brown was not an all-pro player this year. He set an NFL record for most tackles in a season by a defensive tackle. He had over 100 tackles. No That's Pro Bowl. Insane. No All-Pro. I'm on Ross St. Brown being an All-Pro. I'm on Ross St. Brown made All-Pro, but didn't make the Pro Bowl. Make Pro Bowl. Yeah. What that's the what make that shit make that's, sense? It's dude. all this fucking analytical stat shit that is – Bunch again, of that's pandering is what it is. Yeah, Bunch of yeah. and but again, gross. it's it's to, it's to sell, it's to make to make them the, the most money and whatnot. It's not like I feel like when we grew up, it was competitive. Every like sports were more competitive. Of we're not selling this player, we're selling the sport. So yeah. whoever the best is, I don't give a fuck who the best is. We're gonna that's who we're gonna get behind and sell. Now it's like he's the face. That's who we're selling, and this is why we're gonna sell it. And that's what I'm saying is like Nick Wright is a dick eater. Fuck that bitch ass motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> but it, well, I, I feel like a lot of these people don't even believe what they're saying. They're just using it for media fodder. It's clickbait. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's all it is. They get they're given a direction of hey, you be on this side of the argument, you be on yep. that side of the argument, and talk about it. It's not organic, yeah. and it comes across as fake and scripted. And that's why you've seen Skip Bayless almost get beat the fuck up by Shannon Sharp. And Fox is like, yeah, we got to get you out of here, buddy. Yeah. And I mean, and he's almost took off and been more successful since he went to first take. Um, and he has his. He, is, he has been more successful. Yeah. 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 Because he's, he's because it's real. Yeah. It's because it's real. And he owns he owns his uh, his podcast. And then the numbers that uh, since he went to first take, I think first take is four times four or five times more watched uh than undisputed and it was it was only two times uh more watched than undisputed when shannon was on undisputed so that shit is going down the pooper it's very is very known but i mean it is but fellas we've gone a little long we got a couple more things to talk about isaiah i seen you ask the other day whataburger or in and out yes which one you picking bro don't it's fuck Whataburger. Up, it's Whataburger yeah. every day, all day, and tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's, that's not even it, it, the argument is posed because don't get me wrong. Like, is In and Out good? Yes, In and Out is good, but Whataburger is too good. It you, I, you can't describe it properly. It's it's everything that you need and more. The drink <laughs> sizes, the the specialty burgers. The the freshly grilled onions, their breakfast, hella Bro. slept on. Nobody ever gets Whataburger breakfast. Bro. That shit is immaculate. Them honey butter, chicken biscuits. Stop, I'm hungry. <laughs> Bro, y'all don't understand. And, you know, Jamel works at a Whataburger, and he was like, yeah, we're coming out with these wings. I don't know if they're going to discontinue the sweet and spicy. And my wife and I almost rioted. Right then and there, if they would have got rid of the sweet and spicy bacon burger, 
hell no. Oh, yeah, bro. We had to run phase with them for that. Yeah. And Jamel was trying to give me, like, insider tips of how to still get it if they got rid of it here because I think they're getting rid of it at his water burger that he works at in Texas. He was like, look, this is what you do. You do. You get the green chili burger. Tell them to add the two slices of cheese. Tell them to sub this, add this, and get this. I was like, bet. I feel like I feel like a water burger is uh, what our parents used to talk about McDonald's being when it was like all actual meat and good food and shit. Like what old people yeah. say now. Oh man, McDonald's used to be a lot better. Blah blah blah. That's what water burger is now. It's so yeah. I go there and, and really get what get anything because like even taking it a step further like that that honey butter chicken biscuit sandwich bro them cinnamon rolls are are, are good i've never had a bad drink yeah i've never yeah. yeah bro god dang i've never had a bad drink from <laughs> from waterburger and that shit hits as much as you can wake up at seven in the morning and go get breakfast there and that shit's gonna hit yeah. You can go be go home from the club at like two in the morning and stop at a water burger, and that shit is still gonna hit. And yes. it's, it's I'm the same way with you guys. In and out is solid, but but there's they they lack variety to take yep. over the game. Yep, and it's because they do one thing great. Water do, water burger does several things great. So what you're saying is is in and out is like missionary. Yes, very consistent. Bet. You know what you're getting from it. It's going to yeah. be good. It's going to get you to where you need to go. It's consistent. Not it's only take that you on too, that ride. Not only that, too, but I definitely felt like a very fat boy whenever I got in and out with, with my wife, whenever we went to Dallas. And they're like, are you eating in the car? Yes. And they give you a tray. They don't. They don't bag it up. They just leave it as is and give you a tray to eat it off of. I just felt a little. I just felt a little weird about that. But not only that, bro. Waterburger, like their drink sizes. That's the thing. You get a medium combo. That's a thirty-two ounce drink. You get sixteen ounces at In and Out. It's the little things. It's always the little things. That, that side of gravy. Get some fries with the side of gravy. Killer. I can't fellas, gravy no more, but <laughs> fellas, I just just saw this on Twitter. It is being discussed now if the Steelers Bills game will be pushed um, to Tuesday instead of tomorrow uh, on Monday because New York now has a travel ban, so they can't even have people come to the stadium to shovel out the snow. And wow. I just I just want to let you guys, people that are listening, of course, I'm a Steelers fan and you can think I'm biased and whatnot, but I, I don't want to say this is a conspiracy, but they were discussing moving that game to Atlanta yesterday and the mayor said no, or the governor said no, uh, let's keep it here. And now they're in risk of having to push it again to a Tuesday, meaning whoever wins that game could be fucked with as far as rest and recovery because yeah. they're probably going to have to play Baltimore. On a Sunday, yeah. So, yeah, they could have they could have nipped that. In I feel like I feel like the ago. league should push it then that next week. Whoever they play has like because that's not fair. You know what I mean? That gives Baltimore an unfair advantage. They've had rest. They've had time. Whoever they play is going to be on a short week, regardless. No, that's not that's not okay. Like Roger Goodell, Bucko, you're going to have to step up. 
and do the right thing and push that that divisional game at least at least a day or two, depending I on. Stepping I in think the they should right just, thing should have just moved it days ago. <laughs> yeah, they should have moved the fucking game. Like they said, this shit was was gonna be terrible. They said it was supposed to have like. They were talking about a bunch of snow, 65 mile per hour wind gusts. So it's not like the the Chiefs game last night where it was just cold as fuck. It's cold as fuck and it's snowy and shit. So you're not going to have fans there anyways unless they basically walk, which I know Bill's Mafia would do some stupid yeah. shit like that. Absolutely. But but it's hard for – it's, it's not it going to be – I think gave them such an advantage they didn't push to have the game moved if it was in Buffalo. I could definitely I mean, right. see that. Yeah, I, I mean – Keep pushing the shit. Give me another week. If to be real, let Baltimore get another week off. That way I can get TJ back. And then we'll bust y'all ass. We we not going to. We're not going to. I'm just saying that. Nah, fuck that. I know how it is. We're one and four against Buffalo in our last five. And we have no TJ White. Y'all know what time it is. So but fellas, we've been going for a little bit. We back for the second week in a row. What y'all want to leave the people with this week? Stay warm. Um, stay warm and uh I hope we have a good off season for the Dolphins. <laughs> We're gone fishing. We're gone fishing. See y'all in Cancun. <laughs> I heard that. Well, uh, I want to leave the people with fuck Patrick Mahomes, Dave Chappelle. <laughs> we out. Yeah. All right. Yes, sir. Yeah,